0: week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. It is Christy Mullen here with your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. And today, get really pumped because I got a new Anna here with me, guest yes. host Anna. Which one is it? Who are you? Anna Warman, the one everyone wants. No, just That's kidding. what the W stands for? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's why I chose the last name. That's how I (laughs) I chose my suitor. (laughs) Well, guys, Anna Warman is here. You know I record with a plethora of Anna's. Um, But Anna Warman is here to bring her flavor to today's episode. And let me tell you, it's going to be a good one. Speaking of flavor. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um,
1: We've got someone on the episode talking about tea. Yeah. Specifically, my cup of tea, um, which is located in Orange Mound.
0: Yeah, guys, look. I love how you just sprinkle in a little flavor there, a I mean, that's wonderful. all it's about. <laughs> but guys, we have the lovely creator and founder of My Cup of Tea along with uh, her uh, friend and um, co-worker, Cheryl, who is here to talk about how the work has impacted her life and... And that's not all we got nope. another guest up for you so we will have Ellen Roberts who is the principal at Dragonfly Collective which is actually a social impact development firm that kind of specializes in harnessing you know and implementing social change here in our city that's and incredible. she's gonna be here specifically to speak about her work with the hospitality hub and the I believe it's called play where you stay initiatives so. yeah
1: yeah they're both really interesting yeah. um, organizations and I'm
0: excited to talk to her about the work of Dragonfly and how that all works together it's gonna be a really good good episode guys these next few episodes you're going to get from us in the future are going to be so empowering and uplifting for women in this community because We put in the work, and we deserve some recognition for the hard work we do, I believe. Right? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Everyone deserves the recognition for the work. Everyone deserves a recognition, but I feel like as women, we sometimes have to work a little little harder for it. Hey, we are here to talk about it, though. We've got some great stuff coming our way. We're uplifting this community, and we're uplifting ourselves and empowering ourselves and your morning. So, guys, we're going to launch into the episode. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome, Ellen, to the show. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you about the work you do, because I honestly hadn't really heard about Dragonfly Collective until I knew you were going to be on the show. Um, So I'm very interested in first telling the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, My name is Ellen Roberts, and I'm a
2: lifelong memphian. And the work of Dragonfly comes out of, uh, it's not my first profession. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I love it. But it builds on the work I've done in the city, which has been community-based in a number of formats. But Dragonfly is a company, it's a social impact firm that actually my husband and I started. His name is Jared Bingham, and we've been going since about 2018. But again, it's been sort of a buildup of work. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. So when you say social impact firm, what does that mean? We're interested in um, identifying
2: uh, problems typically around equity or poverty or access. Okay. Um, and piloting a solution, scaling the solution, if you know, adjusting as needed along the way. And um, we typically do that with a influx of philanthropic funding at the beginning. And then we look for a market driven sustainability plan going forward,
0: which works in some cases right. and doesn't in sure. others. <laughs> so, how do people get, how do you find the people you guys represent?
2: Well, it's um, most of the ideas are, are ideas that we come up with. Okay. The Hub is a particular special place for okay. both Jared and I. Um, so it's an established organization when right. we got involved at this level, but we were both involved and have been on the board. I was one of the founders as part of the Downtown Clergy Association, and so it's a special place. And Kelsey Johnson, the executive director, and the three of us have been working in the area of people needing to find housing for multiple decades together. And for
1: those of you who don't know the hub, it is the hospitality hub, right?
2: Yeah, it's great. The hospitality hub initially pre-COVID um, <laughs> was a day services referral center for those who are seeking housing. And we're, so it, we used to be located at A2 North 2nd in a building owned by Calvary Episcopal Church. Right. And our at uh, we, we, engaged folks at the street level who came to us, was our initial program, and we did that for many, many years. And then we began to add to to that collection of case management, basic services like offering a mail address, lockers, bathrooms, water, coffee, how to get a birth certificate, how to get a state ID, some of those basic admin needs Mm -hmm. along the way some of those Um, things you don't really think about right oh they're super significant though Mm -hmm. but they are if you don't have a mailing address in this world you can't do anything right you don't exist and so that is a you know some of those really simple ideas um become very meaningful to a person Sure. and we do you know we do everything from help people get their food stamps during the pandemic we've helped people get their stimulus checks you know it's been all the things that are tied to address and all those things that are tied to being able to be on a phone and being on hold forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's not just, that's not easy really for any of us. It takes a lot of our time and energy. And if you don't have a place to sit, stand or talk, then it becomes even more it? difficult. But all of that is so life changing mm-hmm. for
1: these individuals.
2: Yeah, they really is at, at different moments. And so that's, you know, not, that is no, that is a core part of our work, but we have done so much more, um, from that and so even before the pandemic we have a program called work local which is a blight remediation program that we began with public works and so we partner with the city of Memphis to remove blight from the city and it provides a day labor wage for folks it's ten dollars an hour plus lunch and we use it as a carrot as well mm. to get folks into services for other things they might need some folks just need that 50 bucks and they can really kind of piece be on meal. Their way the end of their maybe it's a portion of their bus ticket to get back home maybe it's a portion of their rent you know maybe it's some medication but it just really helps folks along and then we began to understand that not everyone's coming to us we can't stay in the building and so we began a program first on golf carts and now we have three jeeps and it's an outreach program a street outreach program so we go and meet people where they're staying and again we work really intentionally with downtown Memphis Commission the Memphis Medical District Collaborative steve schuler's office at the city of mayor and so that's countywide. so wow. we'll take a call we'll go to sycamore view we'll go to raleigh all these sort of mini encampments that pop up um, we're typically called in and we take both the street outreach team and the work local team and see what we can do to engage that uh, that situation and see if we can help folks find the next step for them that's incredible
1: i mean it really just shows the power of collaboration and um you know the power of communication you know, how many people that you can truly impact when those things are in place.
2: Yeah. And then and then, you know, when you have a crisis like the pandemic, um, not only did it highlight more need and added to the suffering, but it also brought an opportunity for everyone who's working with people who are unhoused to come together and really identify those gaps and where we're meeting them. And we've together collectively been able to meet some of those gaps along the way. So when March 2020 happened and we all decided this was real and all our schools closed down and our daycares and elder care and all the things that we do to keep our lives together, the Hub staff said, and this is really illustrative of the relationship that Dragonfly has with the Hub in particular, the Hub staff said, we're not going home. Mm. It's like, wow, Okay, what can we do? None of us really understood what we could do, but how do we keep all safe? How do we keep people who are coming here safe? And then several days later, one of the key women's shelter had to close down. Oh. And so then the staff comes to Dragonfly and says, we're going to have 30 women here tomorrow. What are we going to do? And so we were able to go to work and identify first a pop-up shelter situation in a church. Mm-hmm. And then we went to every hotel downtown and said, I think you probably don't have very many guests. We can bring 30. Right. (laughs) That's ingenious. That's really ingenious, right? And so we had the third floor at the Moxie Hotel downtown, and they were really remarkable. And it was a really beautiful, intense, Mm -hmm. um, quarantined environment that we set up there. And we watched women really thrive. And then once Shelter in Place began to, you know— we knew it was going to stop that. And we were going to move to a different stage of the way we negotiated the pandemic. We bought a house in Midtown, and we renovated, and we moved the women there.
1: Incredible. That's awesome. Incredible. Do you think that Memphis is special in this?
2: Oh, I think what we've done with the hub is special. And we, you know, we're in the process of building an $8 million campus mm-hmm. right now, which was in the pipeline before the pandemic. Um, and it, it, the model there is also going to be unique and i think provide a national opportunity for folks to come and see the work that we're doing one of it is it's, you know we we have the phase one of it of our plaza there that we now currently work our day services out of because we had the 82 north second wasn't an appropriate place for intensive case management during a pandemic so most of the staff kind of works outside right now it's it's fairly intense their dedication is really remarkable yeah. and so at 590 washington this first phase of the plaza if, if you go there and if you go to the hotel you can really s- check out our aesthetic in our meaningful, intentional, trauma-informed aesthetic that we're trying to build, which is more expensive than a traditional nonprofit sheltered situation, but it has more meaning and more impact and more healing um, just sort of built from the get-go.
0: Yeah, like holistically. Something I always like to ask people that do the type of work you do and really mission-driven work is I feel like you always have that one story that like really impacted you throughout your career. Um, What is yours? Mine? Uh, I, I just think I was the kid who <laughs> didn't like to see people suffer yeah
2: um, and so my just my personal journey is in order for me to be able to get up every day and not be overwhelmed by the woes of the world is I have to do something and yeah. so and I have done that in a number of different ways I was clergy for many years I've worked in community organizing I worked with a national nonprofit around uh, bringing communities together around small dollars to make change, and so for me, it's always like if i must I must make a change, even if the change is incremental yeah um, and I feel like though with dragonfly, we are pushing on some of the systems, and that's really exciting to move, just not just but from the incremental to a more systemic potential work.
0: Yeah. It's an overarching bigging change. Like you guys are really working in those small steps from the smallest things. I know our friend Michael Hallman has been on the podcast and you spoke to something very similar where he was like, you know, to apply for a job, you have to have an email address. And so many people don't because they don't have that or they don't have access to a computer to get that. And so right. once you have the email, how are you going to check it if you don't have the stuff, you know? Right. And so it seems like you guys are also enacting on those smaller steps to get to that bigger end goal.
2: Yeah. And through the pandemic and the work that we've done with the housing community development and uh, case uh, CSA with the Shelby County government and with all the agencies working with folks, we're, we're kind of filling in those gaps. And so and the dollars that have been available through CARES funding or the ARPA funding uh, have allowed us to sort of tap into some of that. So we're building, we've built these things. This is an exciting thing for us. And it's it's sort of an, it's an extension of the hub work, but it's also an extension of dragonfly Mm -hmm. work. Um, And we're calling them hub studios right now for the parts that are part of the hub. And they're these one bedroom spaces and there we have five of them at the plaza right now and we built them under a very tight timeline in the month of march this past year Oh wow um, <laughs> that is incredible well it was intense it was fun though and they're really really remarkable um so ikea uh generously not only donated the furniture but gratefully donated the staff oh, wow. um, to put the furniture together oh, which even better was like a dream <laughs> right <laughs> right and so they're they're well appointed Um, They don't have plumbing. They're adjacent to plumbing. So they're adjacent to the plaza and the bathrooms there, but they have heat and air. And they really fit this niche of, so becoming housed from homelessness Mm -hmm. needs to take a lot of different forms. You became homeless for a lot of different reasons. You've stayed homeless for a lot of different reasons. And becoming housed, it's like learning again for some folks, especially if they've been out there for a long time. Sure. Sure. So, you have to learn everything from basic stuff like how to pay bills if you've not had bills for a long time. You have to learn, you know, just how to be clean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how to keep a place clean. And you watch people sort of step in, you know, and they're, and we saw this at the hotel as well last year, 2020. And folks come in, they won't look at you. Mm. They're downtrodden. They have dirty clothes on. They're not clean. They're not rested. They're not well fed. Right. And you begin to, provide those needs and you start to see folks sort of like head up transform like a butterfly yeah and these studios are i mean they help folks who are couples there's no shelter for couples Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of cruel to separate a couple into shelters Um, folks who maybe have ptsd and so a congregate shelter not only is difficult in a pandemic is been always unsafe for someone who can't handle large noises or crowds and so these spaces are really you see folks step out And they're like, good morning, (laughs) how are you? And because they're adjacent to our case management, folks are constantly engaged. Whereas we did other hotel models where there wasn't 24 hour case management Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And we still have to use some of that, but you lose folks. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's much harder to move them to the next phase to offer the next opportunity for them. But with these studios, it's it's really, and where folks are getting housed faster, and they typically would. And so we're excited about potentially expanding those. That's
0: awesome, that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you kind of touched on a point. I feel like when people are in homelessness, your mind goes into this sort of survival mode. Like that is your key thing, like how I'm gonna meet my immediate needs. And when you, people like you in the hospitality hub are helping them alleviate one of those, it allows their mind to kind of take a break almost, right? right? right. Um, so I think it allows them to be like, okay, now I can think about like long-term needs instead of immediate needs. So I think, what you guys are really opening that door. Many years ago, um, it was when I was still in the church.
2: It was just becoming. It was just a really cold night, mm-hmm. and I reached out to a good friend of mine who uh, was amazing. Her name was June Averett, and she was uh, kind of a radical in terms of serving folks mm-hmm. who were in house. And I called and said, "Hey, it's going to be really cold tonight, and so what are we going to do?" Mm-hmm. And so we ended up finding a place and then we went to where there were evening meals that night and invited just made sure everyone had a place to stay and several women came and stayed where we had Mm -hmm. a place and we ended up keeping that place going for many many months and we we would take turns staying there and one of the women who began was first night her name was metella She first she didn't sleep the way you and i sleep like it began with being totally upright eyes open, and she was upright eyes open sitting in a chair for weeks and then she would close her eyes Mm -hmm. and then it took literally months before she would lay down with pillow and blanket and understand that she was actually safe yeah it was actually okay and so that kind of practice needs a lot of entry points so that's why we're building the emergency shelter it's needed and it's a part of the puzzle some people can go straight to permanent housing we don't have enough affordable permanent housing. And some people actually can't go straight to permanent right. housing. So we are now getting to build the studios and we have another model of studios that are permanent housing that do have full plumbing. And so we're hoping to find some dollars to get those built as well. So then we'll have the, what we're calling the hub hotel, which is the house that created during the pandemic. That's sort of a longer transitional, the, it's, it has a lot of, um, it's program based. Whereas the emergency shelter will have access to programs, but it's not program based. So right. if you want to come in and you want to come in for three hours and you know that's all you're sleeping, you're welcome.
0: Oh wow! And then
2: if you you know if you're not ready for the next step, or if you have something else the next day, that's fine. And then you can come back to us on Thursday if you'd like. You're Whereas, truly meeting them where they're at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's a and that's a real important thing. Yeah, yeah. To have the different solutions.
0: Yeah. Question. I know you've hit a little bit about on like funding and dollars. How are you? How do you guys get funding? Like, are you a nonprofit? Like, how does that work? So Dragonfly is a for-profit, but we have a
2: nonprofit foundation. Entity, arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the Hospitality Hub is a nonprofit. Right. And Play where you stay, which is our neighborhood-based, grassroots soccer program mm-hmm. to bring the game of the barrier-free game <laughs> yeah. of soccer to children across the city um, in a way that has never been affordable or accessible to mm-hmm. them. We're in Klondike, We're in Gaston. We're out east. We're at Treadwell. We're at Geisman. We're in parks all, all over the city. Um, that began as an idea that we incubated in the nonprofit foundation um, called dragonfly capacity okay. development and then as it got legs, it spun off into its own nonprofit player oh, state and that's kind of the model we try to use the the foundation to incubate ideas and see what our what our opportunities are and what are we actually trying to solve and can we right um and so
0: we we kind of get to play there oh, yeah it's like. Uh, Basically, if you guys are measuring that need and then you to your point, like incubating it, you're testing the waters. And then it seems like the work is really becoming like, oh, this is an inherent need in our community. So you're doing great things. So I think it's really cool that you kind of talk about your work in this light because it it does kind of take some ordinary radicals to make big change happen and that kind of seems to be what you guys are really enacting. But for the everyday person like me who would want to get involved in the work you guys are doing at Dragonfly and your offset initiatives for the foundation, how do we do that? Well,
2: you know, so Dragon you, one reason you haven't heard from us is that we don't really stand into that right. that limelight. It's it's while the work that Jared and I and our Dragonfly team do is super important to the I like the the growth that the hub has mm-hmm. been able to experience. It would have been very difficult for a traditional nonprofit without a dragonfly to do what we've done in the right. past year and a half. At the same time, like the hardcore work and you know, I hope you get to meet Kelsey and come down and meet the staff someday. I mean like the, the suffering that they listen to every day mm-hmm. and attempt to to help is really the work. So, you know, a lot has shifted for us in the past year and a half, what, what we can do, what we were gonna do, mm-hmm. what we are doing, what we get to do now. And so we are revamping the website. So you'll understand a little bit more about what we do. But Dragonfly itself is really trying to push the work. And so Mm -hmm. getting involved with PlayWare's Day and the hub is going to the websites and reaching out. Um, The hub, we have not been using volunteers since March of 2020. Mm -hmm. When we opened the new building in April of 2023, we hope to really be able to bring people back safely, even with the pandemic still going on, which it will be. Um, we have learned so much uh, that we think we can bring volunteers back in limited roles and be safe so we'll be launching that when we open that building and that's exciting at this time you know please get involved of the hub follow the stories get on our newsletter donate same with play where you stay and play with you stay we're always looking to potentially expand Mm -hmm. but we don't expand without being invited Mm -hmm. so we work with organizations that are already involved in neighborhoods so we work with schools we work with um, CDC's we work with nonprofits existing one of our favorite neighborhoods is being Hampton and we've been there since the beginning and we work with refugee empowerment program yeah Um, we work with the parks department and we're looking to expand with that work there but there's opportunities to coach with we stay opportunities to volunteer opportunities to say hey I've got there's a there's a park in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and I've never seen you know maybe there aren't many people in the park at all Right. And so and, you know, it's near a lot of children, you know, then that's a great way to invite us to come and take a look and see if we can bring the program there.
1: That's awesome.
0: I mean, it truly speaks to what you said a little bit earlier, Anna Wormann, like you guys are collaborators for this community. You are trying Mm -hmm. to work with the people in the communities already doing the work. You're like, here, we're here to help you kind of. And I think that is a very unique that you don't always see sometimes it is people like I'm here to help I'm going to go in this community that there are things that exist but I'm not going to learn about them but you guys are really taking the other approach which I think is refreshing well
2: well, I'm sorry it's refreshing
0: Um, (laughs) yes me same (laughs) I mean it's it's
2: it's kind of where my joy is and that that's really um the crux of my skill set and the things I've been able to do in in my professional life and personal life here in Memphis has been really neighborhood based. And I've, been, so these are some of these relationships or relationships I've had for decades. And it's, it's really enjoyable work for yeah. me. Um, I don't, you know, and then the model that we have with Dragonfly has me less do, doing less of that, but I do that at the beginning of every project. Um, so I'm there to sort of help implement the beginnings of that. And so that's part of that relationship building. And I do have to make a plug for Play we Stay. This Please do. This coming Saturday is uh, at Klondike Park in North Memphis. We're having a 3v3, which is just a small side soccer for adults. It's a fundraiser. And so we'll have 12 teams out there six uh, men's team and six women's teams. And so everyone's invited to come out. It's 12 to 5 at Klondike. And the Klondike field is a real joy. we worked with believe and paria academy who are adjacent Mm -hmm. to klondike as well as the community as well as now working with valentine and other nearby elementary schools that um, field was a a real challenge because kids were coming from school Um, and we have a lot of kids who come from school but they were coming all of them at once from school and so we were it was a real struggle to get them to shift to this different thing that we were Mm -hmm. doing and it's not their teachers. And so there was a lot of testing and, they, and folks were hungry. So it was like, okay, we need to bring fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, we need to, you know, start sort of, and now that field is so amazing. And we do many of our game days there, which has been one of my pandemic joys going to a game day. And that's, um, we do that, you know, several, several Saturdays each season. And that brings kids from all over the city. So all the neighborhood parks come and the kids come and play in one space and they have competition. Whereas the typical days, just developmental skills learning. And it's just, in there, in their shirts, and they're out there, <laughs> and their parents are there. And so we're excited to, to do this other event at Klondike because that, that has been a really meaningful field for the program to see, see, can it work? How does it work? And how do we really be in a neighborhood with a neighborhood? You know, listening to you talk,
1: it's all about um, really building the neighborhoods, right? Um, You know, a community is only as good as its people, Memphis is only as good as its people. And, um, you know, when you have a good base around you, when you have a good neighborhood feel, right, you have those supporters, then the world is your oyster and you can go and do, and, you know, Memphis can be what it is. And I just really love the concept of building the neighborhood, whether it be a physical space or you know, the concept of the neighborhood, um, those people that you can really go to and really support um, and count on. Uh, I just think that's incredible.
2: And we're, we're really grateful because we're being invited into yeah. into other people's building process and that they see the value in it. And so, you know, th- our potential expansion with the parks department, for instance, is like we're we show up, right. I mean, you know, and we do this with the hub and we do this with Play Stay And, you know, that's really 90% of the work we show up and we do what we say we're going to do. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think people have been generous to give us a try and let us figure that out, in particular with Play Day, because it began with, oh, please let us come. <laughs> and, you know, and then everyone seeing what we can do and what we can do together and then watching the children smile. Right. It's just really remarkable. The smiles <laughs> are really just the, yeah. the greatest.
0: Wow. Ellen, I have learned so much this morning like about your work about the hospitality hub about play where you stay um guys if you're listening please check out their website see where i know volunteering is weird right now but i'm sure everyone always appreciates some financial support to make this work happen right very much so So guys thank you so much ellen for being here and we'll see you sometime soon for an update i hope right thanks for having me Bye. bye
3: your future is waiting as a college student, you may have a thriving social group, but what about your professional network? Through LAUNCH, we connect college students to networks and professional opportunities available right here in Memphis. The best part, it's all free. Let's get you connected. Visit newmemphislaunch.org today. Transform your city with New Memphis Fellows. Are you a mid-career professional with a passion for transforming your community? Let New Memphis amplify your service. The New Memphis Fellows Program is a leadership development experience for mid-career leaders, designed for high-performing professionals already excelling in their careers and positively impacting our community. New Memphis will magnify your impact. Through the Fellows experience, you will gain concrete resources to aid in our city's progress. Apply today. Visit newmemphis.org for more information. Memphis is more than just talk. We're making moves to build diversity from the ground up. From the Hattie Lou Theater and the Collage Dance Collective to the Stax Music Academy and the New Ballet Ensemble, the many faces of Memphis are represented in nationally recognized dance, theater, and music groups. There's a lot to celebrate about our city. Turn your love of Memphis into action by visiting newmemphis.org today.
0: Welcome Cheryl and Carrie to the studio. Round of applause. Thank you. How are y'all? Awesome.
1: Glad. Awesome. So, so I'm awesome. To be
4: here. Happy to be here. <laughs> we are
1: so glad to have y'all. I'm awesome because y'all brought amazing treats. Yes. So we cannot wait to dig into that yes. in a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, so I w- what I like to do first, since we have two guests in studio, I would love for you guys both to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at My Cup of Tea um, so the audience can kind of know who they're hearing from.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm Carrie Moore, and I am the founder and the CEO, uh, but very humbled to even express all that out, of My Cup of Tea, uh, which is a resource center as well as a business.
0: Awesome.
5: And my name is Cheryl Henderson, and I am one of the workers there. I'm one of the ladies, uh, one of the recipients of My Cup of Tea, being such a great place to work and serve in a community. I grew up in Orange Mound, and so it's my privilege and pleasure and honor mm-hmm. to work at a place that has done so much to help the community. That is yeah. awesome. So, yeah.
0: I know you guys can't see her right now, but she has on the cutest little teapot pin. <laughs> like, it's the first thing I notice. It's so cute.
5: And since you noticed that, I'll tell you what that is. Please do. We actually won Small Business of the Year for the state of Tennessee wow. in incredible. 2019. That is and incredible. And this was the, um, they make these beautiful um, pens for us, and mm-hmm. it is a teapot with the women's symbol. Cute. So it represents women. It represents courage. Um, it represents who we are as a company. That so is I'd amazing. Love to wear it.
0: That so. is amazing. Congratulations yeah. on that That's honor. so what a great, exciting. What a big deal. So let's roll into it. For those listening that do not know what my cup of mm-hmm. tea is, what is it?
4: My cup of tea is an importer of high end teas from the Far East, China, Sri Lanka, Formosa. And uh we have it blended and then it arrives at 3028 Carnes, which is in Orange Mound. And then our uh, assembly of employees, all women, who live in Orange Mound or associated with Orange Mound uh, reformat the tea into half a dozen different applications for, for purchase.
0: Oh, wow. So uh, you do the work. Yeah, tell me how that happens.
5: So um, as she said, we are a small social enterprise Mm -hmm. nonprofit, changing the lives of women in the community with job, stability, friendship, and hope selling tea. So it's not just good tea. It's tea with a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not just a job. It's a movement. So our job is um, I say that it is a movement because it helps ladies, and I'm one of those ladies that it has helped. Uh, stability, Um, the work is, uh, we are a production house. And so all the work is done by the ladies and all the proceeds go back into the company. It pays the bills, it pays the ladies, it pays for tea. Right. And what we do there is uh, work, but it's also a ministry Mm -hmm. because we learn so much, not just uh, about tea, but about life, Mm -hmm. uh, life skills, work skills we learn about um how to treat people how to love one another like it just really has become i say an enterprise yeah because it's more than just a job it is a movement and it has brought ladies together from all walks of life and what we've done is just created a um safe place Mm -hmm. a happy place um and most most importantly, providing for the ladies in the community because it has provided me with the liberty of owning my own home. Mm. And that stability has been amazing. Yeah, truly life-changing. Like, oh my God, <laughs> life-changing. Like I can't even tell you how yeah. life-changing that is because I'm from that community. I know what it was versus what it is, mm-hmm. what it is becoming. Yeah. And the reason that it's becoming, um, Uh, evolving into a beautiful community is because of my cup of tea as well as other uh, Mm -hmm. uh, things that are going on in the community but we are a big part of the change absolutely. I'm thankful and grateful to (laughs) be working there it's just been it's amazing I can't even imagine my life without it right at this point because I'm at a different stage you know we have different stages in life and at the stage that I am right now this, this has just been everything for me because of incredible. where I come from mm-hmm. versus where I am right now. So. That is so
1: powerful. I mean, and. you know, saying that it's not just a job, it's a movement. Um, that mm-hmm. is just so powerful. That is amazing.
0: So you guys are located in Orange Mound, which I know you've both kind of spoken to. How did that choice happen? Like, what was the reasoning for starting it in Orange Mound?
4: Well, the in 2012, I felt a huge push from the Lord. Uh, through scripture and different um, leaders who were um, in the in Memphis saying Mm -hmm. that we needed to invest in the inner city and and so I I followed actually uh, a young pastor from our church into Orange Mound knowing that I was going to resource women that was all sort of my personal mm-hmm. uh, experience was always working with women, okay. especially women who were single moms. And so I followed um, a young man named Mitchell Moore into Orange Man, and he had a home there with his wife and children, and I identified this property that was easily accessed uh, by people who lived in a more affluent neighborhood just across the tracks. And I wanted to engage my friends who wanted to be part of the change and the solution for Memphis. And so it was clear it needed to be where this property became available. And so as soon as we bought it, Mitchell Moore left the city, and and I was already in. And uh, so my husband and I engaged some uh, wonderful men who lived in the community to uh, rehab the house, and then we just started trying to figure it out. But initially, it was a resource center to help those women who were well within our reach who needed resources and encouragement, advocacy. But those, um, those dear women, because of transportation issues and because of the lack of good, steady, secure jobs, uh, what, what they needed was uh, a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so we bought a tea company in order to prevail in their behalf and build relationships that then uh, necessitate Uh, the ungluing of your own resources because once a friendship is established there's no way to turn a deaf ear to someone that you see Mm -hmm. needs something that you clearly have or have a network that can help solve those those needs so we didn't think it up I mean it just has as Cheryl well said it's evolved into something that has uh, a future and a hope, Mm -hmm. uh, but we can't touch the glory because we don't know what's coming next. But it has been, it continues to be the resource piece. Mm -hmm. And it also continues to be uh, um, melting of um, some of the issues between cultures. Uh, Those things are are just really actually um, fading away we have so many different, it's all women, Mm -hmm. Um, so many different women now who have cross-cultural deep friendships. And uh, it's it's a little beautiful spot. It's awesome.
5: (laughs) As as she's speaking, I'm just thinking as she's talking, um, I consider her mama, sister, friend. Right. Because she's been all those things to me. Right. She's been a mother at times that I needed it. She's been a sister standing side by side with me, and she is my friend. Mm. And so, as she says, it has evolved into this just beautiful place of women just loving women where you are, like meeting you where you are, no judgments, no, I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful.
4: So it is much about women and um, restoring what what respect has been lost mm-hmm. as it is to sell tea now we have to sell tea
0: right i was about to say that's how you make i mean the... <laughs> please come on yeah. buy our tea guys please. buy their tea we're going to get to that don't worry at the end and we're going to tell you all how to secure <laughs> that tea because you need it in your life
4: absolutely <laughs> that's fun
0: but you guys are like curating this culture of community almost is work. what it sounds like you know it's it, yes to your point it the tea has to happen that's how you fund a lot of the work But at the core of what you're doing, you are building this community for women. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to hear a little bit more kind of how do you guys do that actively? Like you have the tea, you have the jobs. Does that the other piece happen naturally or does there other offsets of the work that help you Uh, curate that community? Um,
4: Well, as far as securing respect in a relationship, that takes time Mm -hmm. and common experience. And so uh, we have many volunteers who have different degrees of involvement there and for those that are there quite often those really have become the um part of the entrepreneurship so discovering what your purpose is for the lord's kingdom but as well what he gifted you with is far beyond putting stickers on a teabag and so we have um then reinforced and provided equipment for these entrepreneurs. And Cheryl is an entrepreneur as well. She is a she has monogramming skills that are oh, wow. totally professional. And and so she has her own business. She works for the tea company, and then she goes off the clock and does her own uh, personal. Uh, entrepreneurship That's impressive. and it's all there on the campus and so and then we have okay. another who restores furniture and then we have a seamstress who all in the same context are working for the tea company and then off the clock running their own business and so there are no loans i mean everybody was given the equipment to make it happen yes. wow and uh and then we have another lady who has her own wig shop in the back, Mm -hmm. and she continues to do um, her work for us. All of them are indispensable. So um, they have very little time (laughs) to do their own. And sometimes that's on the weekend, isn't it, Cheryl? Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) But but we're trying to get them up and flying. Mm is what we're, but not, we don't want anybody to leave the company. Right,
0: you're funneling <laughs> other abilities into yeah. this almost, y'all are like this little enterprise hub where yes, the tea is what brought y'all together first, but then everyone else kind of has their own offshoots. That's good. So like, and that's yeah. been so
5: encouraged from the mm-hmm. ladies, the volunteers, and just bringing out the skills. I like like um, putting a spotlight on you where you may not have had the courage to do it then now you're pushed like you can do this you can mm-hmm. I'm, I'm behind you're supported you. i'm right i'm, I'm behind mm-hmm. you i'm pushing you i know you can and um i'm a believing in you and i'm investing in you so the investment has been great and um i love what i do and i love you know doing that uh, on the side it brings me fulfillment because it's something that sure. i truly love doing sure mm-hmm. And then I'll speak on one other person that does the um, workshop in the back. Mm -hmm. She often says that she was trained on how to identify antiques and restore them. And so then a workshop was built on the grounds of my cup of tea for her to do that. And she just gets such joy. (laughs) joy. And and it's like she was taught something that she didn't know. And every time I hear her say, you know, because she talks about it and it just... You know, we all talk amongst ourselves, and it's just beautiful how, you know, we're so enlightened by what God has done for us because Mm -hmm. he's truly just brought um, new opportunities into our lives. And so we don't, like she said, the tea is great, and I have to speak on learning about tea. When I first came to my (laughs) cup of tea, I drank tea. But i only drink sweet tea right because living in the south you know, you're gonna drink some sweet tea it's born into us (laughs) oh yeah so so i um just amazed at how much we've learned about it where it comes from how it's grown the benefits of drinking tea Mm -hmm. so it's all learning it's it's learning things as well as growing and working but it's learning Mm
0: -hmm. we should learn
5: something all the time and we are evolving and learning new things every day I love it you know I just love by it. working mm-hmm. there yeah
0: that's a great way to live life we all need to learn and evolve day to day um so I, I, this is like a, probably a simple question but how do women come to my cup of tea like do, can anybody come that's interested in the Orange Mound neighborhood like how does that work
4: well, if you're a customer, of course, come yes <laughs> uh, absolutely um and we do have our product in various stores around the city, and there's also uh we're in forty three states uh oh, our wow. online presence is is robust yes amazing. um the volunteer piece is real interesting we we attract women who are sort of in the phase of empty nest and who the majority, I mean, I don't know of anyone who doesn't want to serve in this city in some capacity. And there was, uh, for so long, for women who had a little free time, it it was available hours to tutor children. And personally, I raised my own and I didn't want to tutor someone (laughs) else's. And so I saw that having a volunteer uh, opportunity one day a week or bring a lunch one day a month or um, work alongside someone who's an entrepreneur or come in and teach a Bible study work in the gardens we haven't even mentioned the gardens but everyone has a garden oh, okay. and uh, we just put our our winter vegetables in last week oh, how fun. but um, all to say we do welcome volunteers okay. I like to Uh, find out why that person is coming in Mm -hmm. and there's a background check and so on everyone has a chance to engage if they want to
0: awesome and so how do like women like Cheryl who like how did you Cheryl get involved in my cup of tea
5: I was actually when they built the resource center because I live in Orange Mound uh-huh. and when they first built the resource center I was curious about what okay. was going on there, but I didn't actually come right when it opened right. And then I had gotten laid off a job And I said let me just go and see because it said Orange Mound House Resource Center for women okay. And so I was curious to know what was going on there because like I, said, I was without a job at that time so when I came it was like oh my like (laughs) like my life changed right I didn't even want to leave like I came and when I came in it was such a refreshing place it was such a um just peaceful like it it was like refuge like they invited me to the bible study they invited me for lunch they invited me to come to the work life class and so I did go to all those things and it just drew me in because it was at a time that i needed it the most Mm -hmm. and i'll say that um you know it was just at a time that i needed it the most when i came it was just what i needed at Mm -hmm. that time and i'm saying it to say we have um phases in our lives Mm -hmm. you know in different um times in our lives that you need this that or the other and when i came to my cup of tea it was just what i needed at that time Mm -hmm. in my life because i was a single parent and a single grandparent and I had raised my kids and, and, and it had been hard. Mm-hmm. Like raising kids in Orange Mound is hard mm-hmm. being a single parent, but coming there, I just felt a sense of refreshing, refreshment, uh, inclusion. Mm-hmm. I was around other women that some in the same situation as me and different mm-hmm. and because we all are different, but we could all come together and love on each other and make each other feel empowered
3: mm-hmm. and so,
5: That's how I came. Um, Some of the other ladies um, came, uh, same as me, walking past. Some of the other ladies came because someone invited them. Because Mm. once I got there,
3: I invited someone else. It was
5: one of my friends that wasn't working, and I knew she was having a hard time. And I was like, girl, come. I said, this place is amazing, and it can help you. And her name is Rakisha, and she's been there ever since. So it's like inviting or we sometimes working in the garden, we see women pass by and we're, you know, just nice and say hi. And, you know, what how's it going? Or even inviting them to see what we're doing. So it's all about just reaching out in the community, mm-hmm. seeing the need, and trying to meet the need yeah. of women that possibly could use what we're doing there.
0: Wow. Mm. You guys are... Great spokesperson. Cheryl was just <laughs> killing the game. Like, it, But it is like the work you guys are doing is so Impossible. important. And like I think the community you've chosen to do it in speaks volumes and is making a huge impact there. You spoke mm-hmm. so eloquently to that. And so what is y'all's plan kind of looking forward at mm-hmm. My Cup of Tea? Like what do you ideally, like if you saw My Cup of Tea three to five years down the road, mm-hmm. what would you love to see?
4: Well, we would continue to uh, increase our workforce. Uh, we, we will sell more tea, <laughs> uh, but we are a sweet spot uh, in a block. I mean, we're not trying to um, transform the entire community, but we are going to impact that block. Mm-hmm. And so we have property that we're engaged in building some houses for our women. The the la- we have three ladies who own their own homes and we have helped them get those um, in, in beautiful shape. And then uh, the women who rent don't have the advantage of investing yet. And so we wanna make that possible that they would rent to own. So we have plans to build four houses on some property just up the street. Because we're on a major corridor I think just the just the uh, traffic begins to notice that Orange Mountain is worth investing in, and hopefully that'll attract more people to come and make some financial investments.
0: Truly, like you are, it's not just about you know the tea. It's not just about these little aspects. It is about empowering women Mm -hmm. to be able to be in the position to make their own choices and decisions and have the freedom to do that and i think it's just such a powerful statement that it all started with something as simple as tea like because tea is one of those things that's not really simple it is complicated when you look into it and i feel like that's what your organization is as well
4: well the beauty of tea is it is a health benefit right past water it is Mm -hmm. the most involved drink in the world but not in the United States. I think coffee and Coca-Cola are way ahead of it. (laughs) But that, we also have a very long shelf life. There is an elegance about tea that uh, attracts people more and more because it does kind of calm you down or it revs you up depending on which one you pick. Mm -hmm. Our teas, just to walk in the door, depending on which tea we're packaging that day, it's like potpourri. Mm (laughs) it really is just it smells good looks good everything about us right now is very enticing Mm
0: -hmm. wow so guys you this was amazing thank you so much for sharing your time with us Cheryl and Carrie as you heard it here first if you want to learn more about my cup of tea I'm sure they have a website we do what is that website
4: shop Mycupoftea.com.
0: Awesome. Visit their website. I know they have a powerful social presence. Um, You can find them through New Memphis' channels. You can find them on theirs. And, guys, go grab that tea. Also, they take volunteers and, come on, financial donations, always appreciated, no matter how big or small. But thank you, ladies, so much for sharing your time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
3: In the New Memphis, we never settle for the status quo. Medical advancements are part of our DNA. Did you know one in three Memphians work in the healthcare industry? Memphis is the home of several world-class innovative healthcare facilities, including St. Jude and Le There's a lot to celebrate about our city. Learn more at newmemphis.org. Level up with New Memphis Fellows. Established in your career, but feel something's missing? Let New Memphis complete the puzzle. The New Memphis Fellows Program is a leadership development experience for mid-career leaders. Designed for high-performing professionals already excelling in their careers and impacting our community, New Memphis Fellows will amplify your power with connections, skills, and experiences. Level up on your career and apply for Fellows today. Visit newmemphis.org for more information.
0: Okay, guys, that is it for today's
1: episode. How you feeling, Ada? It was incredible. I mean, talking, you know, really it's a culture of community mm-hmm. is really what we talked about, right? Um, and, and I think that that's, it speaks so, um, they speak so eloquently to it. Um, and, you know, in two different facets, right? You've got a brick and mortar mm-hmm. store selling things and someone really conceptualizing ideas and putting them into place. Um, but all of it lends itself to um, having community around you Mm -hmm. and that support
0: um, and the support system. So I
1: think it was amazing. Um, I agree.
0: I think it, whenever we do these episodes, I think I am always reminded of how Memphis has this helper spirit was oh, it, it transcends everything. Yeah. It's like yeah. somebody like is like, okay, you meet someone and you're like, oh, there's this problem. It's like, okay, well how do I help you fix that? And I just don't think that's something you get everywhere you go. Yeah. Even well, though I know I'm biased because I love this city so much. Same, same. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it it is. It
1: it's um if they're not helping with their donations or, you know, their their time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're helping connect you with yes. someone or with their, you know, what they're good at, their talents. So yeah. um,
0: It's amazing. Every time I say, like, hear someone say connected, I'm always like, get connected for free. But I'm not going to sing the rest of the song because I don't Come know on. if it's copyrighted. Um, so guys, a few last minute announcements. Um, we are so excited to invite you. Yes, you listening to the TEDx Memphis oh, Conference amazing. at the Levitt Shell. It is going to be outdoors for the first time. Look, we're excited about it. We're navigating it. We want you to be present for it on October 30th. Yes, that's Halloween weekend. So it's perfect. Come get your learn on before you get your trick-or-treat on. It's a win-win. And I'm so
1: excited about the host, oh, Ekendayo. Please. Oh my gosh. He's incredible. Yes.
0: Tell tell the people a little bit. If they don't know who Ekendayo is, who is he? Ekendayo runs. Ekendayo Bandelay
1: runs um, the Hadaloo Theater. He is, he's been on the, in the, on the yes, podcast before. Yes, he has. And he's given um, a TED Talk. And he's past. given a TED Talk. He is he is incredible. She, I mean, he's, she's like
0: she can't even verbalize how awesome he is. I, truly, I, I really can't. He,
1: I love, <laughs> I love listening to him. I love talking um, with him. He is just so amazing, and um, everything that he de- mm-hmm. that he does, everything that he touches is just incredible, and we yes. are so excited for him to um, be a partner of ours. I
0: agree. Dio truly encompasses what Ted is all about, and that is Absolutely. ideas being brought to the stage, hearing people to talk about them. Of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention the amazing sponsors who make it possible for New Memphis to bring this work. So Hyde Family Foundation, Nexair, Cushman and Wakefield Commercial Advisors, Gantt Systems, Baker Donaldson, Buster's Liquors and Wines, not to mention our partners MUS and the Daily Memphian who help us do this work in other ways. Couldn't do it without them. We're killing the game because of people like this in our community. And if you are listening and you're like, hey, Christy, this sounds really cool. How do I get tickets? Well, Tell me, tell you. You go to tedx-memphis.com. And also, if you're listening and you're the owner of a company or organization, you're like, I want to be involved in the future, there's a button for that there as well. So just come on over. Uh, A few other little things we have going on: Uh, Memphis 101 is coming up on October 21st. It is generously sponsored by Regional One Health. And it is just a short and sweet way to get Memphis history which I know you're like how can you possibly condense Memphis history well you gotta come to see because it is (laughs) one for the books guys and then we'll also have our celebrate what's right luncheon coming up it's topic this year is actually youth in the arts for this last one that's coming up on november 10th and it is sponsored by first horizon foundation blue cross blue shield of tennessee and Bassbury sims and look i need you to go to newmanfist.org the website which is ours i need you to go there and look at the panel we have coming up oh my up gosh for it's amazing, amazing. like look Memphis 101 you go to Memphis 101 learn about Memphis history with the new Memphis staff look I'm telling you it's so cool we have cool we're gonna have snacky snacks we're gonna have all the things to go and then join us in November for a panel of experts look there's gonna be people from Arts Memphis people from the collage dance collective just please go check out that lineup because you're not gonna want to miss this and you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home What's to lose? Nothing. Thank you. Come on. And, oh, by the way, it's our favorite price. And so is Memphis 101. Free. Hmm. Free. Sounds like y'all should come. I mean, I'm just saying, what's your excuse for not coming? But uh, I digress. Uh, guys, as usual, if you want to learn more about New Memphis, you can visit newmemphis.org. Follow us on all social platforms at the New Memphis. And honestly, thank you so much to WYXR for allowing us to have this platform to come to you every Tuesday morning. They are also a nonprofit that needs your help and support. So visit their website, and we'll see you next Tuesday. See ya. Bye. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you by New Memphis and is a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping our community. This week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis is made possible by our friends over at Independent Bank. Independent Bank services meet your individual needs because nothing is more important than your freedom to focus on what you value most. Manage your finances your way. Visit i-bankonline.com.